We've already taken a look at if the Pelicans should trade up in the NBA draft, but is trading down, trading back a better option? It's the Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, kicking off another week's worth of shows, five shows for you this week. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are free, no paywall or anything like that and available wherever you get your podcast here Monday through Friday covering the topics you want to hear, the biggest topics around the team, the biggest stories, the most relevant things here on Locked on Pelicans. And today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we last week talked a lot about the draft. We're going to be talking a lot about the draft. We'll probably start looking at some specific prospects in shows the rest of this week and throughout the rest of this week, I should say. But I do want to look at the trading back for New Orleans. We already talked about in an episode last week of should they trade up? Could they trade up? Could they get to four? Could they get to three? Five, six to get a guy. Maybe it's Jaden Ivey. Maybe it's Shaden Sharp, who I'm really high on going into this draft. But then there's now the other option. Could they trade back? And if I just presented the argument of should they trade up? Well, then it seems kind of foolish to trade back. But that's not always the case, right? You know, I think the top four in this draft is good. I don't think it's as good as last year. And I don't think it'll be as good as next year. And when you look at this draft top to bottom, how good is it? right? Is this a draft that's worth using extra assets to go up and get a guy? Or are you probably not making the most optimal value driven? And we'll talk about value in the next segment in the third segment too, because I think that's really important for a discussion about trading up or trading back. You know, if this isn't as good as other drafts, why would, why would you move up, right? If these guys aren't as good as some of the other ones, why, why spend extra assets, draft picks, whatever it might be to go and get them? And I think that's a fair thing to ask. So when you look at this draft overall, how good is it? I see an interesting kind of makeup of the players. And I have my big board up right now as I'm looking at this, right? I think there's five guys kind of in the four guys in the top, you know, tier. Then you've got Shaden Sharp. Then I think six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's about five guys there that are fairly interchangeable. And they're a tier above maybe the next six on my board. But that next six isn't like totally behind those five guys by a significant margin. So there's maybe value to be had. And so you look at this draft, right? It's a lot of scores, but not a ton of excellent defenders. Some that have the ability potential to become good defenders, the tools to become good defenders. Benedict Mather and a guy I'm very high on, you know, is a guy that's a good scorer now, has the tools to be a good defender, but wasn't an amazing defender in college. Will he kind of turn into that? I'm not sure, right? You don't have a ton of great guards. You have some intriguing, very raw guards, but no one that's like, 
oh yeah, that guy's going to be a solid NBA pro. And there's very few of them, I think, in the top 20 for the most part. You know, you have lots of one-dimensional centers. And while there's a place for those guys in the league, I don't feel particularly great about drafting a guy like Jalen Duran at, you know, the top of the draft here. I think that could be a very, very big problem. Same for Mark Williams out of Duke, right? Um, You know, there's no shooting for a guy like that. Um, and that can be a bit of a problem in today's NBA, though there is a place for defenders like that, um, particularly Williams, who can defend on the perimeter too, right? But then you also have a lot of wings, and you want wings. It's a wing-driven league right now, but it's a bunch of wings, a lot of wings with big question marks, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, or can these guys turn into good shooters if they don't, you know, already? Is it going to be consistent? And I think those are... Big questions around some of these. Jeremy Soan, we know he's elite at defense, but I don't know if he's going to turn into a good score, a good shooter. A.J. Griffin, right? Really excellent score. Tremendous wingspan, but wasn't good defensively, despite having all of the tools, right? That's a bit of a problem right there, too. You know, I think you look at some of that, and it's like, wait, wait a second. I'm a little bit nervous about some of these prospects, right? Abaji, you know, took a big leap at 22 in his senior year, but he had three years else of college and wasn't all of that great, right? Like that's a concern. You know, you you have similar issues with a guy like Jaden Harvey, right? With the G League Ignite team, right? A very good ISO score and not really anything else. And so I look at some of them and it's like, eh, you know, I like them, but I'm not like, oh, hell yeah, you got to go and get that guy. To me, they're fairly interchangeable. And when you have so many guys that are somewhat interchangeable or it's like, yeah, there's still big question marks around them and no one feels like that's safe of a thing. But again, they all have upside too, right? And they're rated somewhat similarly. Well, maybe you do trade down and still get someone that's rated very highly on your board. But if your 16th pick is similar to the 8th pick, well, you can get some value out of that. You know, in a small market team, that could be an important thing for New Orleans to try and do. So let's talk about why trading down is kind of important, right? We kind of set the stage for the draft. I think some of these guys from 6 to 16, maybe even a little bit longer than that to 20 or so, are rated somewhat similarly, not, you know, exactly equal, right? There's still a big gap between 6 and, not a big gap, but there's a gap between 6 and 20, let's say. But why trade back? Why go for the value play? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Sakara. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance, and Sakara's organic, plant-rich, transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results that you want. They sent us a bunch of these, by the way, to give them a try. They're awesome. They're really good. I, I've said it a lot, right? Like I'm trying to eat really healthy. I'm trying to kind of work out more and kind of change the way I approach day-to-day life at 36. I just cannot keep eating everything I was eating and feeling miserable and terrible. And it's working so far, but you have to cook, right? Like you have to cook. I can't just get on one of those apps and order, you know, uh, at one of my favorite restaurants in New Orleans and eat that every night because I just don't want to spend the time cooking. I'm doing so much with a, you know, full-time job doing this and other things too. So anytime I can eat healthy and it's quick and easy, sign me up for that. And Sakara definitely does it. These have been delicious. 
so far. And you wouldn't even realize that they're like healthy for you or that they're vegan or things like that. They're really worth giving a try. So Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And their nutritionally designed chef-created breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. And so they have functional, also plant-rich wellness essentials to help you create a body you love living in. Whether it's their best-selling metabolism super powder to the foundation, their daily supplement packs, Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order sakara.com slash locked on 20 and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team what's relevant to the pelicans and the biggest stories around them we're of course going to be talking a whole bunch of draft over the next month or so but we're also going to get some free agency in there we want to mix it up a little bit we'll look at some of the players on the team as they start to improve and train this offseason too it's going to be a lot of fun it was such a fun last year for the team it's going to be such a fun year coming up make sure you're subscribed never miss an episode we're available wherever you get your podcast and on youtube leave a five-star review with a comment if you want you can do that on spotify as well that helps keep the show free and five days a week for y'all and leave a comment down below on youtube today's question right do you think the pelicans should trade back you can put a yes you can put a no you can put a y you can put an n more comments on youtube the better so please take 30 seconds to go leave a comment down below all right so we're talking about why the pelicans might want to trade back and i said you know i think i have some of these guys rated fairly closely, right? Like if the Pelicans walked away with Tari Eason out of LSU, who I'm starting to really like, would you feel good about that? I would. You know, would you would you feel worse between Tari Eason and Tari Eason and Benedict Matherin, right? Just in a vacuum, those two players. I'd rather have Matherin probably. I think he's got a higher upside, but Tari Eason's starting to look pretty good. What if you could have Tari Eason and an extra pick next season instead of Benedict Matherin? Does that change your approach to that question? Again, let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So this is why you trade down. It becomes about value. If you think you can get a similar ceiling on a player, right? A guy that could, let's say you're, you're, you're like, we want a guy who could at least on the high end project to be an NBA all-star. We want a guy whose ceiling is NBA all-star. all-star. They might not hit it, right? If you think that Benedict Matherin has that ceiling and Tari Eason has that ceiling, I'm just using these guys as an example here, right? We could use other players too. If you can trade down and still get that ceiling, well, that's still being in a good spot, right? You're still kind of coming away with the type of player that you want. And if you can also get an additional pick down the line, that's even better, right? You turn one pick into a later pick this year and an extra pick, say, next year or the year after that. That is another asset you can use to change your roster. You could use it to move Devontae Graham, though I don't think that, though it's not, thing. they are not, I can tell you that, in any rush to move Devontae Graham right now. If the trade comes along, they'll take it though. Um, you could use that to trade for a better player. 
I don't know what a deal would like that would look like, but hey, you're going to need picks if you want a guy like Bradley Beal. And I'm not saying they're doing that because that's probably out of the question right now. If you want a guy that's an improvement on your current roster, you need to have picks because those are requirements for those type of trades to kind of even out the value a little bit. So more picks is only a good thing. And while they still have a lot and still control the Lakers, right? They have a pick swap next year with them and then an unprotected Lakers first that they can then defer another year, depending on how the Lakers are going to look like, which is a cool position and spot to be in. And you have some Bucks picks. You still want more because you need to include all of those in trades for players as they use that a bunch of them to remake the roster this past summer and at the trade deadline with CJ McCollum. So more picks. If you can use this eighth pick to get, say, the 12th pick next year in addition to your own pick, plus a guy you really like, that sounds like a good thing to me. And so I think there's reason to kind of look at it from a value perspective, right? It's about value trading down, less about the specific player and more about the value. And I think the Pelicans kind of did this pretty smartly this past summer, though it wasn't kind of like a traditional trade down, right? They knew that a guy they really liked and had scouted extensively in Trey Murphy was going to be available at 17. So they traded down and they still got a guy that they would have taken at 10th overall. It's a good way to approach it, I think. And then those guys lower down the line, actually, in the draft based on the rookie scale are actually a little bit cheaper. And this helps you build a sustainable future, right? Sustainable. That's what you need in a small market. It's not easy. So anything that makes it more sustainable and not just a flash and pay in a couple of good seasons and then, okay, it was fun. Now we got to tear it all down and start all over and lose any momentum we once had. Well, this helps you avoid that and kind of keep the engine going, keep the train going as you try and build a sustainable winner in a small market that doesn't have a lot of success and luck and none of them really do in free agency. So there is a lot of reason to trade down, but I think it kind of depends on how you value and look at this current draft and this crop of guys, right? If you could trade down and still get, you know, Johnny Davis, let's say at 15, 16, would you feel good about that, right? Would you go for the boomer bust kind of guy, right? And Ozmane Dieng, potentially there as well. Or even a guy I really like, E.J. Little out of Ohio State. Even Malachi Branham out of Ohio State, too. I kind of like both of those guys. You can trade down, get one of those guys that still has a high ceiling that you project can work out well, but also get additional things. So there's an option for that. But here's the thing that I want to ask you. To you, to this team right now, and this is what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Does value matter? Does value for this team matter right now? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL futures. I'm actually feeling pretty good about the Saints right now. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free, five days a week, giving you everything you want to know about the team. Subscribe. Simple. Leave a comment down below on YouTube, too. 
And now for your next listen, go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Host Raphael Barlow, an excellent, one of my favorites, maybe the favorite draft analyst, is coming to you, giving you in-depth look at the NBA draft, mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, we were talking about the Pelicans trading down in this NBA draft. Again, as I said, right, it depends on how you view this. If you view, say, picks 8 to 16, the players that can go in that range feeling pretty good, you know, if you kind of have them all looped together, grouped together in kind of a similar tier, and you can get a future asset while trading back and still kind of getting a guy you really like, that's a win, right? It's value. And again, if you're trying to build sustainable a sustainable future for a small market team, that's important. But here's here's what I want to ask. With all of the picks that they have, the Lakers picks, the Bucks picks, probably a bunch of seconds and stuff that I'm forgetting about too, does, does value matter so much? And are you sick of value to a certain degree? Are you sick of not having everything you want and winning now because you're kind of planning a little bit for the future too? Is it at this point time for them you know, in a certain sense to be short-sighted, even though they're going to use this pick and it's going to be like a long-term thing. But is it better just to go and get the guy you want? You got a big board, right? You know they're, they're stacked ranked. They're ranked right there for you. At eight, your guy at eight is there. Maybe he's sixth or seventh on your board. Should you just take him and say like, it's not value, right? That we're looking for. We want good NBA players that we feel good about and guys that we want on this team. Should you just... Take your dude and not worry about the rest of it, right? Don't get a guy who's a, a little bit worse, right? Say your guy's a 100 and the next guy you could draft is a 95, a 90, right? Say you're ranking him like that, kind of giving him ratings. Just take the 100, right? Screw going for the 90. Screw going for the 95. Yeah, you can get a future pick, but so what? You're trying to win this year. And getting your guy and building them for the future, the guy you want, the one you've planned for, I think can be an important thing. And sometimes when I look at this, it's like, screw it. You know, don't go for the value, right? The value would have been this season for the Pelicans to tank and try and get a top four pick. And they didn't. And then look how it worked out. You got bounced out in the first round. What you know, like it's not that amazing, but it was a good season. It was fun. We all loved it. And that's why you never heard me saying on this show that the Pelicans should tank. I never once said that. We did an episode of like, should they tank? And I said, no, they shouldn't. We want to win. We want some playoffs in here. We want to have some fun. And sometimes getting your dude, if the entire fan base is pumped about Benedict Matherin, just draft Benedict Matherin. Instead of going for 95% and someone else who's not named Benedict Matherin, right? And sometimes it's just go for it, right? Go get your guy. Go for the win. Go for the playoffs. And so sometimes I think that's really important over value. And it's easy to fall into the value kind of thing, right? You feel good about that. Like, I love getting bargains on things I buy, right? Even when it's like, oh, cool, I saved 90 cents. And I'm like, hell yeah, look at what I just did there, right? So sometimes it's easy to get kind of caught up in that stuff and lose sight of just go and do the thing you need to do. And I think that's probably the way I feel the Pelicans should approach it. 
So yeah, you could drop, and there's some teams that maybe would would trade with you, right? Maybe you can go to 12 with OKC. They trade up to eight to kind of get a guy they really want. I don't know if they'd quite do that. Maybe Charlotte at 13, 15, the 15 pick being the Pels pick, right? I think. Um, yeah, it is. Would be is you know maybe they want to get up and get a center. Maybe they do want Duran. So they know he won't last past the Knicks or the Wizards or the Spurs. So they go up and they go draft him at eight. So maybe they'll trade one of those two or both of the first round picks to for, for you to move back down for them to go up and get their guy, right? Maybe the Houston Rockets have someone they really like at eight and they want to bring more freaking rookies onto that team and young guys. So they trade out a 17 and go up to eight. You're still going to get someone like Tari Eason, Diang, Branham, Little, some of those guys are still going to be available there. You could do it. But are those guys as good as Benedict Matherin? I don't know. Jeremy Sohan? Probably not. They might be somewhat close. They could develop and become better. But just go and get your guy. Try and win. And just kind of stick to the plan and like don't overthink it to a certain degree. And that's kind of how I'm viewing this as I talk about trading down. I don't actually think... I'm a, unless you get like an amazing pick next year or something like that, or it's kind of like surprising, right? Um, then I don't, then I think like maybe. So there's some kind of factors in that say, that kind of make it uh, pending potential. For the most part, draft your guy, feel really good about it, and just go from there. So I'm actually not in favor of this team trading down, depending on what the package would look like. Let me know in the comments on YouTube what you think, of course, or on Twitter at Nola Jake. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.